Hello everybody, it's Brian Janikowski for the Welcome to Our Weekly Market Chat podcast. This is going out on Thursday afternoon, November the 9th. If something big happens on November the 10th, please be sure to check in with us. I'm Christian Thwaites. And I'm Emily Takeverts, and let's get started. So, uh, we have some new news on the tax cuts that are moving their way through Congress. Uh, today, we got from the Senate that it looks like the corporate tax break may be put on delay until um, future notice 2019, possibly. You wrote about this in the blog mm-hmm. in terms of if this matters. And, and you argue that it, it, it matters to market sentiment, but it doesn't really matter to the economy. Um, so why is that important? Since day one, the administration has put out the corporate tax cut as their single most important, at least by implication, because they mention it the most often, uh, effort on changing taxes is to reduce the corporation tax. As we all know, that's 35%, and people will have you believe that that's one of the highest in the world. It is, but the effective tax rate is considerably lower than that, um, and uh, for some multinationals, it dips into the teens. But anyway, uh, the, the promise was to get it from 35 to 15, I think, at one stage, and, and the latest round is to get it 35 to 20. So the market likes that because all things being equal, a reduction in corporate taxes falls right to the bottom line. Uh, that you know That's just more money for distribution to equity shareholders. So there's a lot riding on it in terms of its credibility and people's expectations. And as you mentioned now, the House, uh, the, the House version is being sort of debated by the Senate, and they're pushing it out, you know, about a year. So same rate, but just with a 12-month delay. The reason I, I it, it, it is important. It's a it's a fairly big number, but got to remember that corporation taxes are much much smaller than income taxes. Uh, they raise about I, I think about 450 billion. I think the personal taxes and other excise taxes raise probably four or five times that. Um, and as a proportion of GNP, they're less than two and a half percent and and they've been falling so um uh, so it, it's not a big burden on corporate on corporations you're talking about 450 billion uh, i mean in taxes i mean apple makes 45 billion dollars a year i mean so and and the s p makes i don't know a couple of trillion dollars uh, of, of profits a year uh, before tax, so it it's it's got a lot of headline. I don't think it's that that important to the economy, and um, and there's a pretty fierce debate as to what exactly it's going to do for the rest of the economy. And I and I land on the side that it won't make a blithe bit of difference to uh, capital expenditure rates. It won't make any difference to uh, other types of investment or R and D. It won't make any difference to uh, wages certainly not. That's a huge stretch. I, I mean, that's just a just a, a very difficult thing to conclude from past experience, uh, and it 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 might lead to some movement of capital, but it's going to benefit shareholders before it benefits any other parts of the real economy. And then the last bit of that is, well, people say, okay, well, that's good for shareholders, and you can get the wealth effect. Now, the wealth effect has been kicking around for years, and it merely says that if people feel more wealthy because they own stocks that have gone up or they own their house which has gone up, they have a higher marginal propensity to consume, which is true sometimes, but not always. And it tends to be more around things like houses than it does to stock markets for the simple reason that people who own stock markets tend to be better better off anyway, and their marginal propensity to consume declines as they get richer. So anyway, I'm, I'm a bit, bit of a skeptic about this whole thing. I don't think it's going to lead to anything like the... Uh, 
nirvana, which the uh, which the politicians think it is. Uh, but meanwhile, it's front and center in our headlines, and we've got to deal with it. Right, and of course, you have uh, the administration, uh, you know, people like Gary Cohn, going out and saying the exact opposite and arguing that uh, that this tax cut is specifically targeted. I mean, he said this yesterday. This specifically targeted to wage growth. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, it's the same argument. Same that, argument. Uh, trickle down ec- economics. Okay. But I mean, the simple way to prove that is to go to Tim Cook and say, or Jeffrey Bezos, or any other sort of CEO of a Fortune 500 or S and P 500 company, and say, if the corporate tax rate goes down five percent, will you hire X many thousand more employees? And there won't be a single one that will take that bet. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I, I think at some point. One is in the realm of idealism and political philosophy rather than uh, economic reality. Right. And you have also other people, I think is an interesting point, uh, an aside to this debate, is that you know some people are saying that the tax cut, you know, in terms of how the economy is going right now, you don't really need a tax cut. Well, that's the other issue. I mean, we're, you know, depending on whether you believe the employment numbers, you know, we're at, we may not be at full employment, but we're pretty close to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously the concern and the Fed has pretty much uh, expressed the same concern. If you get a stimulus coming into the economy, however small, it might be enough to overheat it. So, right. yeah, anyway, but the, the realities of are that it's going to be debated. We're going to read a lot more about it. We, we've got the, uh, we've got to sort of put the December the 8th, I think it is, that's when the, um, the, the budget ceiling negotiation expires, so some, theoretically something should be done by that, but this could, this could play for a while. All right. So you also wrote about the flattening of the yield curve, um, and you, you made a good um, kind of uh, comment about what this says in terms of, of the bond market's reaction to, to what they think future growth might be. And so while we have, um, you know, the equity markets, uh, you know, moving on uh, this tax proposal, the bond markets haven't really moved that much. Um, and why is that? Well, um, I think the, the bond markets haven't moved, but the yield curve has flattened, and that's, that's important. So about a year ago, two-year treasuries were yielding about 0.8, today they're about 1.5, and about a year ago, 10 years were yielding uh, 2.5. 2.6, and today they're yielding 2.3. So the 10-year hasn't moved very much over the last the year, but the two-year has. So that means that you've got this flattening of the yield curve. And usually what that says is that uh, what, for whatever reason, short-term rates are being bid up, normally through policy. Uh, the long-term rates, people are seeing, seeing bargains in those at, say, 3% for the 30-year, 2.5% for the 10-year, and say, you know, we don't think any increase in interest rates is going to pull through to the rest of the economy. And therefore, we think that you know, buying bonds at two and a half for the 10 and three for the 30 is a good deal. So the, the, the bond market is essentially saying we don't think there's going to be a lot of economic stimulus around. Uh, in fact, it's likely to lead to a slowing of the economy rather than an acceleration economy. If you really believe that the economy is going to go three and a half percent, with 3% inflation, the last thing you want to be in is a long duration bond because real rates are going to erode the, the income off it and you're going to get the Fed reaction pushing up those, uh, those rates and you're going to be sitting on a capital loss. So, But if the market says, yeah, we hear all that, but at the end of the day, we don't really think that the economy is going to grow that strong. So we'll express that, that view by uh, bidding up 
uh, long-term bonds pushing down rates and we'll kind of ignore what's happening at the short end and you've got a flat yield curve and so there's a graph that we've shown here where the spread between the 10 and the 2 is about uh, 80 basis points something like that and um, long-term average is about 150 and the last time it was this low was just before the Great Recession so you know is we got to look out for these things it doesn't necessarily mean a recession is coming uh, where you have to get really nervous is when it goes into negative but I, I think we have to pay attention to these signals and people say well things have changed and central banks are different it's exactly what Greenspan said 10 years ago he said uh, the flattening of the yield curve doesn't mean anything anymore and he was proved you know dramatically wrong six months later so we just have to kind of keep an eye on these things and it's kind of the, the bond market tells us lots of things um, and we've got to pay attention to it so bond markets uh, remain unconvinced about future growth I think that's fair way to put it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to also turn to uh, this new NYSE FANG. Uh, it's, it's basically you can buy 10 underlying stocks um, in the FANG stocks in the futures market. Yes. Now, tell me about this type of investment um, and tell me you know, what your opinion is on it. Well, this type of investment is not an ETF. It's just it's it's a futures contract. So essentially, you're you're just like any futures contract. You're putting money down today to be able to get delivery of 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 those underlying stocks uh, at a, a higher price or a lower price, depending on which direction you're going in. So um, it's a leverage play. That's as simple as it is. You know, um, all, all futures have a certain degree of volatility. Futures can expire worthless, as we all know. Stocks tend not to, mm -hmm. and um, and 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 if they're in the money, then they're going to be you know going to really take off. So, so here we have uh, the kind of latest iteration of this. It just takes ten of the so-called Fang stocks, which started out as Facebook, uh, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, but now has a lot of other. Uh, would be members of that. It's got the uh, uh, Apple and it's got Microsoft in there and they've thrown in a Tesla and Alibaba and Tencent for good measure. So this is now available for sort of, you know, all day trading every day. And that's fine. You know, it's another financial instrument for people to play with. But um, no normally when you get this type of focus on a small basket of stocks, things unwind. I mean, we had it with bricks in the past. You know, everyone was sort of raving about bricks, and uh, they quietly sort of underperformed the market for a long, long time after they came to prominence. In fact, most of the big ETFs uh, folded and, and merged. Um, years ago, there was a kind of another tech uh, dream team called Bunch, which most of those names have gone today, but you know, Burroughs, Univac, NCR, Control Data, and Honeywell. Um, and those have all gone. So my my concern is that when these sort of come into the common arena like this, it, it, it usually signals some sort of turn. And and I would, uh, I I mean these are great names. I'm not about to call the bottom, the top of uh, any of these stocks. They're they're good companies. We own them. I own some of them. But it just seems this is a this is more of a marketing uh, pitch than it is an investment vehicle. And when that happens. Uh, then you know, again, the you know my and I think our, our when we here at the firm, uh, our kind of radar begins to get a little excited. So, do you think that the emergence of of these products around kind of the tech sector um, 
indicates some sort of a irrational exuberance around no. these companies? Or no, no? It, it's it's rational because because they're, they're doing well. I mean, God, half of them are monopolies, so you know they'll they'll do very well. Google's an effective monopoly. Facebook certainly is. You know, and if you're monopoly in a growing area, it tends to be a good business. But so I don't think it's anything that people are saying building a lot of growth into it, and they're delivering real real money. This is not like in the late 90s where it was all on hope and clicks and 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 audiences. These obviously are churning out huge amounts of cash. But that being said, uh, it's that they're big companies. The law of large numbers means that their growth might be curtailed a little bit. And uh, it's just, you know, when, when, when fashion hits investment rationality, it's investment rationality that wins out. So we just got to be, you know, careful that these things don't, uh, don't, 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 take us over. All right. Thank you, Christian. Okay. Thanks, everybody. And here's the disclosure. Please note that this discussion of our investments, investment strategy, including our research and investment process, represents our investments, investment strategy at Daily's commentary. Subject to change that notice, we cannot assure this type of investment discussed in this commentary will outperform any other investment strategy in the future, nor can guarantee that such investments will present the best or attractive risk-adjusted investment in the future. This is for general informational purposes only. References to an individual security should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell that security. Securities mentioned in this commentary only several of the successful as well as unsuccessful lessons by us do not represent all the securities you have purchased or the recommended. Although we deem reliable the sources of the statistical and other information referred to in this commentary, we cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any statements or numerical data. Past performance, no indication of future results.